Girlfriends, episode number 102, Getting Over Those Post-Holiday Blues. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. In today's show, we're talking about ways to get over those post-holiday blues. I hope you're not suffering too badly with them. I can't wait to get started. Come on, let's go. Hey, girlfriends, how are you? It feels like it's been a million years since I talked to you all. I took two weeks off, and I hope you had some downtime, too, over the holiday season. Um, And it just feels like forever since I sat down to do this. So here I am, back at it, and thrilled to be here. So glad to be connecting with you again. I've missed you guys. I've missed doing the podcast. So that's the value, I think, of taking time off. It makes you appreciate things a little bit more and it feels less like a grind. It feels more like a privilege and an opportunity to get to to connect with you like this on Girlfriends. So thanks for being here. I'm thrilled to be able to talk to you today about getting over post-holiday blues. And um, we'll get to that in just a little bit. Um, But I, I, I wanted to cover that topic because I've been feeling it a little bit and I know everybody kind of experiences kind of a shift, kind of a change because our, we get out of our routines and we're getting back into them. It's kind of a painful process because change, even good change, is sometimes uncomfortable. In fact, more often than not, it's uncomfortable. So I'm sitting in my car and it is, hang on, let me check the dashboard. It is 25 degrees early in the morning. This is so amazingly warm. I cannot even tell you. Uh, I'm sure many of you too, because it was all over the country, experienced frigid cold in the past couple of weeks. Wow. Um, It's really, I mean, I like to think I'm a tough New Englander, but I had a lot of trouble getting through that. It was extreme. We had days where with the wind chill, okay, I used to think wind chill was cheating. Like you can't count wind chill. How cold is it actually? Like what does the thermometer say? That's all that matters. Well, you know what? That is not all that matters because when the wind is blowing, it is so, so much colder. It is so much more miserable. It hurts so much more to be outdoors (laughs) and not to dwell too much on the cold. But we had days where it was like negative 16 And with the wind chill, upwards of negative 30. I mean, downwards, right? You say downwards of negative 30. Absolute insane temperatures. This is is not where I want to live on a long-term basis. Um, But that isn't typical of New Hampshire winters. We usually have some, like a frigid cold snap, um, usually early in January. I mean, the timing of that wasn't too crazy. But it was, you know... um, uh, too cold and too long a period of time, I felt physically exhausted. Like on those days, I felt like all I was doing was trying to keep the house warm, trying to keep myself warm. And, you know, in in the same period of time, we got a few snowstorms. So it was like clearing out the snow, really felt like a nonstop battle against the elements. And it was honestly physically exhausting. Like I was so tired at night. And I think that's part of it. Like I I just kind of go into hibernation mode in the winter when the days are shorter, when it's pitch black outside at, you know, 3.50 p.m. Just want to go to bed. Uh, The farmer in me is saying, time for bed, going to get up for chores in the morning. You know, Um, I don't know if you're experiencing anything like that, but we had such cold. Anyway, I'm sitting out in my car and it's actually beautifully warm, comparatively speaking. We have tons of snow. And I think the sun's going to be out today. The The sky's looking a little bit clear as the sun's coming up here. So 
exciting and I'm happy and thrilled by this change of our weather pattern. So um, I did okay. I know you want the report on how I did saying goodbye when Ambrose went back to school because usually I turn into a mess or I try to hide my emotions and then burst into a giant mess of tears at some random moment later in the day. I didn't even do that this year. <laughs> it is still hard though. It is still hard. Change is hard. That's the theme of today's show. Change is hard. Even good change is hard. And of course, it's a good thing that Ambrose is going back to school and continuing his studies at Ave Maria University down in Florida, 1500 miles away from his mom. Um, but it, you know, he left on Sunday morning and, uh, Dan drove him to the airport, which I think is actually helpful. I don't, I don't actually do well in airports and saying goodbye in airports and all of that. Um, so I said goodbye to him at home and I was fine and I've been fine. It's just, you get the little stabs every once in a while. Like yesterday I caught myself kind of saving him some dinner. Um, that kind of thing kind of hurts a little bit. Or I, I heard one of my sons talking in the other room and my, the males in my house all have pretty similar voices. And I thought it was him for a moment and it wasn't. And, you know, things like that. But I always do remind myself that it's a good thing that he is where he is. It's a good thing to just, you know, it's a, it's an opportunity to thank God for the blessing of that child in your life. If you're missing a child or if you're missing anybody, it's an opportunity every time you get that little kind of stabbing reminder to give thanks to God for that, that person in your life. Because I know there are people experiencing those kinds of reminders for somebody who's not coming back, somebody that they've lost. And um, that's an important thing for us to kind of keep those goodbyes and the, the pains of separations in perspective. So I did okay with that. Keeping it with the theme of change, my new work is going really well. I shared with you in one of those last podcasts before Christmas that my position um, at Catholic Digest has come to an end. I am done there and um, a smooth, peaceful, happy, grateful transition from there and uh, moved on to work for Catholic Mom, which is recently acquired by Holy Cross Family Ministries, which is based in Easton, Massachusetts. And I I'm loving this new work. I'm loving the people that I'm working with. I'm loving the opportunity for new challenges. Um, I I just absolutely am so happy about all of it. Um, And, but nonetheless, change is hard. It adds a stress to be, you know, learning new things, um, taking on new routines, that kind of thing. But I'm so grateful for it and it's going well. And thank you to all of you who reached out, sent me an email, sent me a note on social media, um, you know, offering your, your congratulations and your prayers for a good transition. I really thoroughly appreciate that. Um, it's been great. One more thing I wanted to mention is this week I had jury duty have you done jury duty? I have never served jury duty because I was only called once in the past. And it was when I was a stay, stay at home mom for several little kids. It was the perfect, perfect excuse. And I got out of it. Um, but I was recently called and I tried to get out of it because I was starting this new job because I still have two kids that um, are homeschooling at home. I had multiple reasons. And uh, no go. Uh, my request to be excused was denied. So I went to jury duty yesterday morning. And let me tell you, I was really resenting this fact that I had jury duty. Well, first of all, the, the letter they give you says, you know, we have access to you 100% of the time for like eight weeks. And I'm like, how can my how can my state do this? This is like, I was complaining to Dan. And I was like, 
what is this communism? <laughs> he, he said, uh, no, communism has a different justice system. <laughs> okay, fair point. But it felt like my government owned me and was bossing me around and was seriously intrusive upon my life because my family does need me and my work does need me. And darn it, that was really inconvenient. But um, I showed up there yesterday at 9 a.m. And uh, they ended up like giving us like an introduction and the judge talked to us and we watched a little video and then we all got sent home for the next two weeks. So that's not all that painful. I, I just wish I had known that going in. Um, so I've got two more dates where I need to appear and I might be chosen for a trial. But they sounded super, you know, normal about it and said, you know, if you have a conflict with particular dates with your work or whatnot, um, you can come and talk to us and we'll work with you and all of that. So in the end, I felt a little silly for feeling so put upon. And you know what? I I'm grateful to live in a country where we have uh, a jury system and not under communism. So <laughs> fair enough. It's not communism. And um, let me know if you've served jury duty. I've talked to a couple of other moms, um, some of whom have had excuses like whether they're caring for a sick child or um, are still a stay at home mom for very small children or, or whatnot. Um, yeah, someone told me that even having a nursing baby, and this was in a different state, wasn't an excuse for her. Um, so I don't, I don't understand that. Um, but anyway, what's been your experience with jury duty? Do you love it? I, I actually talking to some of my friends. Some people were like, "Oh, I loved jury duty. It was so interesting, and I learned so much." And and my son Stephen, who's interested in uh, possibly studying law, was really jealous. He wants to go on jury duty and see how the whole process works. But anyway, I'm curious to know about other people's experiences of jury duty and whether or not you experienced the same feelings I had of um, anger and resentment against your own government. <laughs> Anyway, enough about all of that stuff and change, which is sort of the theme here. Let's move on to the change that we're focused on in this episode, which is the change from the holiday season back to regular season, ordinary time, right? We Catholics call it ordinary time. And it's um, it's hard right? because, like I said, change is hard. Even good change is hard. And I find it's hard in, in the, that whole phrase, post-holiday blues, you know, we're, we're familiar with that concept because it's hard for many people. I actually find it hard at the beginning of the holiday season, getting out of routine, doing all those things, being off schedule and, um, you know, not working on days when we normally work, having kids home from school. Um, I find that transition difficult. And then I find that going back afterwards difficult. You kind of have that sense, that feeling of kind of a letdown, like you've been looking forward to things and now it's all behind you. Now all there is is winter drudgery and work ahead, that kind of thing. Um, Really, I, I think it can be a challenging time for everybody. And really, you know, we've done other shows on the winter blahs, and this is all related. It's certainly part of it. You know, the holidays add a certain element of happiness and cheer to an otherwise dreary and dark time of year. So once they're over, you're left with the dreary and dark, and that's not so fun. Um, I still have my Christmas trees up and um, Christmas lights all over the house. Usually I'll leave the lights up. In fact, last year, I left the white lights up in our dining room all year round because I just thought they were pretty. We didn't turn them on every day, but if, you know, we had a party or, um, you know, dinner together as a family, I still thought they were pretty. It's just white lights. It's not like they're, you know, blasting Christmas music or something. It's not necessarily Christmas. Um, so you do have that option. Um, but the first thing I want to say is... 
the first way that I think that can be helpful to get you through this time of if you're experiencing some of that post-holiday letdown or the blues or the blahs or whatever you want to call it is to really focus on relishing the everyday because we humans find comfort in our routines. We like things that are the same every day. We find comfort in that. Um, so look for those comforting things, those things that are coming back to you. Oh, this is, you know, my, my pre-work cup of coffee where I sit in this corner and, you know, read for 10 minutes and, and drink my coffee while the kids are getting ready for school or whatever it is that you're getting back into that you haven't been doing for a while. Um, whether it's getting back into your exercise routine, uh, oh, guilty. I have not been working out and I had every intention. I'm usually pretty good getting right back into it after like a, a Christmas season, you know, a few days off for Christmas. Um, but let me tell you that cold kicked my butt and I was not feeling like going into my workout space, which was happened to be one of the coldest parts of the house. Anyway, working on that, getting back into that. Um, but you know, look for those routines, those parts of your, your daily routine that you enjoy, that bring you comfort, that bring you joy, little, little things. Um, you know, it's a gift of ordinary time. Um, years ago, there was a book out by one of my favorite authors. She's a secular author. Um, her name is Katrina Kennison and she's just a beautiful writer and a mom of two boys, um, who grew up as she was writing. Um, but she had a book that was called The Gift of an Ordinary Day. And it really was just reflections on everydayness and the gift that those little moments are with our families, with our children, um, throughout, you know, just throughout a regular work week, a regular school day, a, a regular Saturday afternoon or whatever it might be. She just has such a gift for, for pointing out the beautiful things, small things, um, and, and really bringing those to life in your heart and in your mind. I really do recommend her as an author, Katrina Kennison. She had at least a couple of books. She had that one, The Gift of an Ordinary Day. I'm forgetting the name of the other, but look her up. It's all K's, K-A-T-R-I-N-A, and then Kennison, K-E-N-I-S-O-N. Really a beautifully gifted author, and she has such a mother's heart, just a beautiful heart that she shares so beautifully through her writings. I mean, don't be looking for spiritual you know, Catholic inspiration from her. She's, she's not that. Um, but she is a, a really wonderful writer that I think will, will help you to, you know, really appreciate your motherhood. That's what she did for me. I, I think she's really talented and gifted in that way. So if you're struggling this time of year, that might be a great book to pick up. The Gift of an Ordinary Day can really just kind of refocus your mind on those, those little things that, um, guess what? They're not going to last forever. So, um, also, you can change your routine. If your routine, if you're like, oh my gosh, the drag, I have to get up in the morning and do X, Y, Z, get, get ready for work, get the kids ready for school, get my husband out the door, whatever it is, you can insert some change there, like play music when you don't usually play music or um, take a break at a time in the day when you don't normally take a break or whatever it is that you need to kind of shift you back into your, your focus on your ordinary day and your ordinary routine, um, or inject some of that joy. Christmas isn't the only time that you can look to brighten up, add some cheerfulness to your everyday things and, and make things more cheerful. It doesn't have to take more time and it doesn't have to take your focus off of your work. Um, just look for small things like that. So that will help you to, to relish the everyday. Um, one of the other ways that you can do that, and that's, this is number two, bring in light and color. That's part of what Christmas does, right? We have the Christmas lights, we have the bows and the ribbons and the packages, and it feels so cheerful and bright. And we have nice, you know, decorations and poinsettias and 
Well, we can still do that. Like I said, the, the white lights aren't necessarily Christmas. You can keep white lights up. You can decorate with other color lights um, throughout the year. Candles are perfectly acceptable year round. And um, let me tell you, I have a million candles. <laughs> I stocked up on candles back when we lost power and, um, you know, back in the fall when we lost power with a weird fall storm. And um, I happened upon uh, a sale at Rite Aid for a bunch of different candles and they happen to be scented candles. So one thing I discovered was you don't want to burn too many of those at once because they're all different scents and it makes a very weird smell in the house. Um, but, you know, choose a candle that you like the scent of. And um, there are so many beautiful candles that are really affordable. And just that is a beautiful idea and a very doable thing to add some comfort, some joy, some cheer to your every day, whether it's on the dinner table or in a corner of the living room or on your kitchen counter, in your bathroom, wherever you want to light a candle will add a, a little bit of a nice smell and beautiful glowing light that's very cheerful. Um, you can also use color in your wardrobe. Winter is when I love to wear the color of royal blue. I have a a winter coat in that color. I get compliments on it every time I wear it because guess what? It really stands out in the wintertime and people like to see color in the wintertime. Um, you might have a bright red coat or if you don't have a coat in that color, um, maybe a scarf or a pair of mittens or, um, you know, a hat that you might wear. Something that will add a little bit of that splash of color. Your wardrobe is a great way to do that. It makes you feel good when you're wearing bright colors. Well, it does for me anyway. If it does for you, I really recommend it as a way to kind of fight back against that whiteness and grayness and stark emptiness of wintertime. Um, color can be a really fun way that you can do that and do that throughout your home. You can add color in different places um, with different kinds of decor that don't have to be expensive. You might just use a tablecloth. Um, my mom has a tablecloth that's like a bright yellow with these cheerful sunflowers on it. Love to see that. Even though I think it's technically a summer tablecloth, uh, great one, great idea to use that one in the middle of the winter and bring a little cheerfulness to your home. Um, a lot of people are all about now, I don't know how to say this word. Hige? Hige, I think. I don't know. It's spelled H-Y-G-G-E, I think. Okay, I just paused to look it up because I wasn't sure. Huga. Huga. Not huga. Huga. H-Y-G-G-E. It's a Danish word used when acknowledging a feeling or moment, whether alone or with friends, at home or out, ordinary, extraordinary, as cozy, charming, or special. How do you do that? Well... You know, fireplaces, hot cocoa, blankets, warm socks, candles. You know, we do this stuff because it feels good. Um, but the wintertime is a special time to appreciate those things, to really appreciate kind of coziness. Anyway, this Hugo has been, I've heard a few different podcasts about it and um, different moms on social media talking about it. It's kind of a nice way to focus your attention on something positive that can come from the contrast of the cold and the emptiness, the barrenness of this time of year to work on making cozy places in your home, whether that's adding a few super soft blankets to your living area or um, lighting a fireplace. We have a wood burning stove, which is really, it's seriously practical. Let me tell you, this thing and around it gets super dirty. Like I can clean it 12 times a day and it's still dusty, dirty. There's bark on the floor. It's it's a very practical thing, but it's also a beautiful thing. I love to watch the fire inside the wood burning stove. Years ago, my sister gave me um, as a gift, a cast iron mallard duck whose head comes off and you can fill it with water and it like steams on top of the wood stove, like it heats up and steams. Um, 
steam comes out of its nostrils. It's pretty funny. Um, but I, I love that duck. I think it's just beautiful sitting on top of the stove and it just makes a nice little cozy corner. If you want to see my wood burning stove, I put a picture of it on my Instagram, Instagram.com slash Danielle Bean um, over Christmas, just because on one of those days where we were getting a terrible storm, I was so appreciating my little spot, my little corner that had lights and had um, the fire in the wood stove and find a place like that or make a place like that if you don't have it in your home. Experience the coziness. Look for ways that you can be cozy. Okay, I went right from number two to number three because my number three is look for ways to be cozy. I didn't realize that. Okay, so we've done one. Relish the everyday. Look for ways to relish the everyday. Bring in light and color and look for ways to be cozy. All right, number four that I want to mention is get the sleep you need. This is huge. Like I said, I go into hibernation mode. Well, I think that's actually natural. During the the time of year where you're getting less daylight, your body gets more tired, has less energy, grows tired more easily. You need more rest. It is normal inside of the natural world for animals to do that, for animals to sleep (laughs) through the winter. Now, I'm not saying go into your bedroom, go to bed, pull the covers over your head and don't come out till spring as much as we'd like to do that some days. Um, That's not what I'm recommending, but I am recommending that to be okay with the fact that maybe you want to lie down in the afternoon. Maybe you want to go to bed a little earlier than you would in the summertime. Normal. And it's good for you to, your body to get that rest. Because you know what? The amount of rest you get affects the way you feel all day long for the rest of your life. Okay. It matters a lot. It affects a lot. It affects your health. It affects weight loss. This was the number one thing that convinced me. Oh, wow. I really should be paying attention to how much sleep I get because so many of us were like no sleep warriors, especially when our kids are little. And I know it's unavoidable sometimes where you've got a baby that's getting you up multiple times a night or toddlers or whatever. I've been there and have done a lot of that. So I totally understand that. But for the times when you can control it, when, you know, you're deciding between hitting play on the next episode on Netflix or actually getting yourself ready and going to bed, um, make the choice to give your body the rest it needs. Um, I was telling you that it's about, uh, there are all kinds of benefits and one of them is weight loss that you, you can be on a diet and following all the rules and working out the way that you're supposed to. But if your body isn't able to recover in the way that it's supposed to by getting the rest that it needs, it's not going to take the weight off. It's going to be in this stress panic mode because you're not getting the rest you need. You're going to be craving carbs all day and you're not going to get the benefits of your workout. So that really motivated me a few years ago when I read that. I was like, oh, okay, finally, now I have a reason to get the sleep that I need. (laughs) Stupid and shallow and vain, um, but it worked. Um, You know, look up what the benefits of uh, sleep are. Are. Uh, I've shared before a book that I really appreciated by Sean Stevenson, which came out in the last couple of years called Sleep Smarter. He really has a great practical way of walking you through the science of better sleep and multiple things that you can do to improve your sleep quality and quantity, get the rest that you need. And he really does lay out the different ways that it benefits you when you're actually getting the rest you need. But I think never more so than during the wintertime, we need to be getting that rest. We need to be getting that sleep. Our bodies are craving it. So it's okay. And not getting sleep can even lead to depression. If you struggle with your moods, if you struggle with anxiety or depression in, you know, in even in even in mild form, getting proper sleep can make a huge difference in that area, feeling properly rested. Um, so make make yourself do it. 
I know it's hard. Sometimes it takes more discipline, I think, to go to bed at night than it does to pull yourself out of bed in the morning, as hard as that can be sometimes, especially in the wintertime. Um, get yourself to bed. Get yourself the rest that you need. All right. The next one I want to mention, which is the last one, um, as a way of combating those post holiday blues or blahs or whatever you want to call them, that that feeling we're all kind of having these first couple of weeks of January. Make a plan. Just make a plan. It helps you to look forward to the future. It doesn't have to be super complicated or uh, difficult to pull off, but look toward the future. Make a plan for your future in some way. One really popular thing to do is to plan a summer vacation <laughs> because um, I, I did this the other night. It, Dan and I were, were talking about what we might do and, and I really wanted to plan out the dates for when we might do something together as a family for, you know, maybe five days away or something this coming summer. Super hard to coordinate with our big kids and everybody's work schedules and all of that. The sooner we set those dates in stone, the better. So um, I started doing that and I found it was really amazingly fun to be looking at like uh, VRBO, uh, vacation rental by owner, and looking at the different kinds of places we might go that we might visit, um, warmer places, places on the beach. It was a ton of fun. It kind of shifted my mood and shifted my mind, even in the middle of that frigid cold that we were having toward warmer times and looking forward and um, in a positive way toward the future. So um, it doesn't have to be a trip. You might plan a new work project or a personal project. So many of us set New Year's resolutions, and I have mixed feelings about New Year's resolutions. We've talked about them on the show here in the past. I've really encouraged you to just make a doable goal in various areas of your life, um, but you might make a plan, make a goal. You don't have to call it a resolution. I read an article recently about doing a New Year's experiment as opposed to a resolution, and um, that sounded nice to me, like a less kind of demanding way. Um, there, there's no there's no really room for failure. You can do an experiment and it might work and it might not work. And either way, it's not a failure. Um, you know, so you tell yourself you're taking on this experiment um, of, you know, going for a walk every, every morning or um, working out with weights three times a week or whatever your little goal is, whether it's with fitness or with your personal relationships, maybe, you know, you want to try an experiment of putting your phone away after dinner and not picking it up again until the next day, that kind of thing. Um, but I found that was kind of a nice, non-demanding uh, way. If you feel overwhelmed by the idea of taking on a resolution, if you don't want to take on a resolution because of that idea, like, I don't want to fail at something, um, maybe that's a way you can kind of shift your focus. Make a plan. Take on a new project. Maybe plan a party. That can be so much fun. Um, we've hosted Super Bowl parties in the past, and I'm not sure what we're doing because it, it all depends on whether the almighty Steelers are in it or not. Because if the Steelers are in it, and of course, all of my family is counting on them being in it. But um, I've seen a few football seasons. I know these things can go multiple ways. <laughs> um, but anyway, if the Steelers are in it, then um, we're going to be, and I'm saying we very generously, we in our household are going to be kind of insane about this game and have um, highs and lows that maybe aren't suitable for all parties to participate in or uh, witness. 
like uh, fans of the other team would not be welcome in our home. So anyway, I'm holding off on planning a uh, Super Bowl party this year because I don't know which teams are going to be in it. Once I know which teams are in it, I can decide uh, whether we'll be watching by ourselves at home or we might invite some other people over. But Super Bowl is a great excuse to have a party. And I think people really love to have Super Bowl parties because it's a dreary time of year and it's a great excuse to get together with family and friends, do something fun, make some fun food. That's a great plan that you can make. Um, maybe you don't want to, you know, plan a big party, but you could plan a date with your husband or a lunch date with a friend. Give yourself something to look forward to. Give yourself something to um, look ahead to with with joy and with anticipation and optimism and happiness. Um, or just plan like a craft with the kids. You know, I'm not a super crafty person. When the kids were younger, I would do it because they loved it so much. And um, I would tend to do it in this way, like planning ahead. I know some people always have craft stuff and they love it. And, you know, they have regular craft times or, or their kids do it on their own, that kind of thing. Um, I would really tend to just like find maybe one or two crafts that I, I really liked in like, say, a month's time and plan those, like go out and get the materials tell the kids, you know, we're going to do this on Thursday afternoon or whatever it is and um, show it to the kids, really make a plan together to do this craft together. And I found that was really an enjoyable thing to do. So, I mean, if you enjoy crafting anyway, um, that can be good. Uh, but maybe there's another project, another creative project that you would enjoy doing um, and make a plan to do it. Maybe it's a baking project. Maybe there's some sort of um, complicated recipe that you'd like to try. Well, it's a great idea to plan it. Think, okay, so I'm going to have a little time on Saturday morning. I'm going to pick up the ingredients and I'm going to make this fancy tort or whatever, whatever it is that catches your eye or, or suits your fancy. Um, make a plan for something like that. It doesn't have to be a big, you know, Im imposing thing in your life, but something small that gives you something to look forward to and something positive to kind of work toward. All right. So those are my ideas for getting over those post-holiday blues. First, find ways to relish the everyday and enjoy your routine because there really is comfort in it. Um, number two, bring in light and color. Bring it into your life. Bring it into your wardrobe. Bring it into your home. Um, look for ways to be cozy. Huga. Okay. Look for ways to have warmth and comfort and blankies and wool socks and that kind of thing. Um, get the sleep that you need. So important. Get the rest that you need. And finally, make a plan whether it's for a major event, for a vacation, or for a work project or a party or whatever, make a plan for the future that helps you look forward to the future with optimism and joy. That's what we're supposed to be doing, right? Okay, so those are my ideas, but I'm sure you have some. I'd love to hear from you if you have ways that you are working to combat those post-holiday blues. How is the transition going for you? Are you just so happy and you've already taken down your tree and you're thrilled to be moving on? Um, let me know. You can email me at danielle at daniellebean.com. You can always leave me a voicemail at daniellebean.com or simply, you know, make a, a voice memo on your phone. I know every person is walking around with a smartphone, so you have the capacity to do this. Just make a voice memo on your phone, attach it to an email and send it to me. I would love to be able to add your voice to a future episode of Girlfriends. Hey, do you like what we do here? Do you appreciate having access to girlfriends every week? Is it helpful or encouraging to you in your everyday life? Well, if so, there's a convenient way you can say thank you for the Girlfriends podcast and encourage me to continue to record it. Patreon is a simple system that allows you to pledge your support for the podcast, show your appreciation, and encourage its production every week. At patreon.com forward slash girlfriends, you can make a pledge in any amount. 
Even just a dollar per episode makes a real difference and is a simple way to show your support of Girlfriends. I want to thank our newest supporters on Patreon, Amanda, Chris, and Kristen. And if you'd like to show your support too, please go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Girlfriends and find out more. Thank you so much. I want to thank Ascension Press for partnering with me to bring you this podcast. Ascension Press is a proud partner of the Girlfriends Podcast. You can check out all of their podcasts and other Catholic media that will entertain, inspire, and educate you about your Catholic faith at ascensionpress.com. Click on the Channels tab for lots of free and inspiring content. Hi, Danielle. Um, my name is Nina, and I just wanted to say thank you so much for your podcast. Um, I'm a freshman in college, actually, um, and I know that you focus a lot on motherhood and um, being a woman, but even so, your messages still resonate so much, and I hope that I will remember all the lessons and wisdom that you shed when I hope to become a mother. Um, and even now, these Lessons are so useful to me, um, especially I was listening to your one about six ways that uh, we stop ourselves from accomplishing our goals, and it really just resonated with me and um, has inspired me to really uh, pursue a better spiritual um, relationship with the Lord and um, to really strive for the best in all aspects of my life. So God bless you. God bless all of your family. And thank you so much for all you do for all women, um, young and old. Thank you so much. Wow, Nina, thank you so much. I really appreciate hearing from young people um, because guess what? My kids are your age and that means they might listen to me too. Not that I need them to listen to the podcast, but I do want them to listen to me because I have all that wisdom, right? Um, Anyway, no, seriously, I'm thrilled that you're listening. I'm always thrilled when there's people from all different walks of life who appreciate what I share here at Girlfriends, who appreciate what I share in whatever media I use to share it because um, it's really inspiring and encouraging to me to recognize the ways in which we women from all different walks of life, young and old and all the ages in between, have so much to benefit from one another, so much to benefit from coming together, connecting and sharing in a meaningful way. I so appreciate you reaching out and letting me know that the podcast is helpful to you, Nina. And I'll be praying for you and your studies. I'm sure you're heading back to school now, too. So um, happy to have you listening, happy to have you sharing. And I'm so glad Girlfriends is a part of your life. Hey, Danielle. It's David. Hey, just wanted to wish you a Merry Christmas. Um, I guess today's the fifth day of Christmas. Um, funny story. So it snowed pretty good here in Detroit on Christmas Eve. And it was to due to your um, suggestion many moons ago uh, that we started um, going to midnight mass, uh, even when the kids were really small. And I thought that was insane to ever wake up a sleeping child. Um, so, you know, everybody was like, oh, let's just go tomorrow. We're thinking about it. And I was like, hell no, we're going it's Christmas Eve. So we all piled in the car, you know, snow driving around like crazy. But, uh, I said, we have Danielle Bean to thank for this. I uh, hope your Christmas is going well and everybody, uh, is having fun. Uh, that's it. Just wanted to say hello. Bye-bye. 
Funny, David, funny. Yeah, all my fault. No, I appreciate that. And I think it's so funny that um, things that I've shared have influenced other people to try out Midnight Mass. I think it's great because it's been such a beautiful and important part of our um, upbringing of our kids and an important part of their Christmas memories. So I'm thrilled that other families are benefiting from that as well. As for the snow, okay, we drove home in a snowstorm too. We went to midnight mass as we always do, drove home in a snowstorm. Um, but that's okay. <laughs> it felt very magical and romantic, even though I was going like 20 miles an hour. Um, we had to take two cars because we got rid of our giant homeschooler van uh, years back. And we very rarely go all together to the same place in one vehicle or have a need to do that. Uh, but Christmas Mass is one of them. But we were in two vehicles. My husband has four-wheel drive, so he was ahead of me. And I was a little bit more nervous and I kept falling behind because I was going much more slowly. Um, so I could appreciate <laughs> your driving home in the snow. And uh, yeah, that part was a little nerve-wracking and I was glad to get home. It took probably twice as long to get home as it normally would, but it was beautiful. And it snowed all night and all through the next day, we were thoroughly snowed in on Christmas Day in in fact, Dan's dad, who um, was supposed to come over on Christmas Day, put it off by a day. And in order to communicate with him, we had to drive over to his place because he had um, no phone working uh, because of the snow that came a couple of days before Christmas. He was and he'd never recovered from that until after Christmas. So um, it felt like the good old days. You know, I had to send my son out on Christmas Eve, like, go find grandpa, make sure he's OK, because <laughs> we couldn't communicate with him. Um, you know, grandpa doesn't have a smartphone and he just has his landline at his house. And that's how we can communicate with him or physically driving over and talking to him, just like in the good old days. So I appreciate you sharing your experience, David, and um, I hope others tried out the Midnight Mass if you did, or, um, you know, share your Mass experience with me. I would love to hear your feedback. So um, thanks, David and Nina, for sharing this week. I've got one more. I heard from Natalie by email. So let's see, Danielle. First off, thank you so much for your podcast. It is such a positive influence in my life. Hearing you speak helps life feel more normal and hopeful. Thank God for you. I'm writing to ask for your podcast recommendations. My husband has a long commute to work up here in the Canada cold and leaves early in the morning while it's still dark. I'm trying to set him up with some good podcasts to listen to in order to keep his mornings positive. I remember in one of your episodes, maybe with regards to sleep, you mentioned loving a certain podcast by a man, but he was not necessarily Christian. It was maybe about health. I scoured through a couple of your episodes to find it, but couldn't. Does this ring a bell? Do you and your husband have some good podcast recommendations for a Catholic father and businessman who also likes to laugh? Thank you kindly, Natalie. Okay, Natalie, Um, funny that you should have sent this this week because I did already mention this podcaster in this episode, Sean Stevenson, who is author of Sleep Smarter. Um, he, first of all, has a podcast. Um, the podcast is called The Model Health Show um, as he tries to be a model for healthy living. Um, I, I really actually love the the Sean Stevenson's show, The Model Health Show. Um, it's generally about an hour. It's once a week. It's completely health focused. Some of it's not my cup of tea. If he's interviewing somebody on something that's way out there or sounds new agey or something like that, I'll skip it. But I love the the practicality of what he shares and the positivity of what he shares and um, that he really backs up what he's proposing um, with science. So, uh, you know, I think anybody who's interested in healthy living, sometimes alternate 
healthy living. <laughs> and I don't mean like totally weird, but you know, um, things that might not be traditional medical science or the, you know, the, the traditional ways of achieving health and fitness. But, um, I find he's very practical and inspiring to me, uh, personally and, and inspires me just to learn more about how, how to take care of myself and how to encourage my family in healthy living and, um, you know, encourage friends and family in healthy living. So, uh, check that out. It's the model health show and his name is Sean Stevenson. Sean spelled S-H-A-W-N. He's hugely popular, so it'll come right up on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. The other podcast for men that comes to mind is a Catholic one um, called The Catholic Commute, which is um, put out by Michael Jaquith, who's the husband of Sterling Jaquith, who we had on the podcast here uh, at the start of Advent this year. Um, Michael puts out, I think it's, okay, I don't know how often it's put out. I don't actually subscribe to it. It's made for Catholic men. It's called The Catholic Commute. So I'm thinking it must be multiple times a week. Anyway, check it out. It's called The Catholic Commute. Some great content there. Also, um, Greg and Jennifer Willits have recently restarted their podcast after a little break. And I was so sad that they went on break. But then they came back and I love them. Um, they are... Um, Adventures in Imperfect Living. I was going to call them the Catholics next door because that's what they were for years. But no, Adventures in Imperfect Living, Greg and Jennifer Willits. I know so many of you already are familiar with them. So many of you came over to check out Girlfriends um, because of a mention of Girlfriends on their podcast. So anyway, if you aren't familiar with Greg and Jennifer, they're just a great, fun, everyday couple talking about everyday life and challenges of Catholic living with with kids, with growing kids, with the changes of, um, you know, going on in their lives with aging parenting and work situations and uh, keeping up their marriage and all of those things. And they're just, they're wonderfully honest and real in everything they share. So I really enjoy that one. But I, I frequently do put a call out here on the podcast for other podcast recommendations because we're always looking for good stuff. I've already mentioned in this episode, ascensionpress.com. Go there and check out their podcast channel because there's multiple things there, including Father Mike Schmitz, who is so awesome. And I love his inspiring little talks. He records homilies um, that he gives for college students once a week in his work um, through campus ministry on a college campus. But I find them very relevant to my life. So he really talks about spirituality and um, everyday spirituality in a way that's very helpful to people of all different walks of life. So um, Father Mike is definitely one that you want to check out at Ascension uh, ascensionpress.com. Just Click on channels and you'll find a bunch of great content there. And it's completely free and it's awesome. So check it out. But also let me know what else you're listening to because I'm always looking for things to add to my subscription list. I kind of go through phases. There are certain uh, shows that I will always listen to. Um, but then I kind of go through phases with other ones. I'm exploring different things or um, interested in different topics. And I'll subscribe for a little while to different kinds of shows. But what are you into? What are you listening to these days? Share them with me and I'll share them with others here on the podcast. You can email me at danielle at daniellebean.com. I'd love to hear from you, even if you don't have a podcast recommendation. Maybe you have a recommendation for a topic we take up here on this podcast. I would love to hear from you. Um, you can also connect with me on Voxer. You know I love the Voxers. Um, or through social media. I'm Danielle Bean at pretty much every social media there is. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever. You can find me. No excuses, okay? I'd love to hear from you. 
So I want to thank those of you who um, sent feedback this week. I want to thank those of you who are supporting the podcast through Patreon.com. And I want to thank those of you who've left reviews at iTunes.com. It's so helpful in helping to get the word out. It really does um, encourage other people to find out about the podcast because iTunes Based on those reviews and the numbers of reviews, they, they have some complicated system where they will show the podcast to more people based upon those reviews. So it really is helpful to me and to the growth of the Girlfriends community. If you take just a few minutes and leave me a review, um, a, a review and a rating at iTunes or wherever you do listen to podcasts, if it's on Stitcher or um, giving it a shout out on Facebook or whatever you do, I would so appreciate it. So thank you for those of you who've done that. But thank you just for being here. Thank you for listening. Thank you for connecting with me in this unique way here at Girlfriends. I'm thrilled that you're here. It's so encouraging to me to know that you're out there and that you're listening and you're taking in what I'm sharing and applying it to your life. So thank you so much for that. Thank you for being a part of what I do here. And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a DanielleBean.com production. Know your worth. Find your joy.